Hello and welcome back to Niners Takeover. I'm your host, Chase Kacher, alongside one of our NFL analysts, Tyler Frick. We are here today to talk about what is George Kittle's next contract going to look like and what does the 49ers defense look like going into next season. Tyler, let's start it off with you. What does George Kittle's contract look like it should be worth? All right, so this is an interesting question because, as we all know, next year is sure to be a big one for Kittle because it's a contract year. Um, and as we know, tight ends are severely um, less paid than wide receivers. The highest-paid tight end in football right now is Austin Hooper, who makes around $11 million per season. Um, in my opinion, Kittle is sure to top this number. Uh, I would guess by a marginal amount. I'm guessing he's going to make around $15 million per season on his next deal. Um, and yeah, that's my thoughts on this. Look, I'm telling you right now, George Kittle is not the type of guy to take a huge contract when he knows his team has so much potential and he could take a pay cut and possibly get them back to the Super Bowl and win a, win a Super Bowl. Look, George Kittle, my prediction for him, it's going to be $65 million five years, make it $13 million a year. Look, you may think I'm crazy. He's only making two more than Austin Hooper, and George Kittle, as we know, is the best tight end in the league, and he's uh, better than Travis Kelsey, better than Austin Hooper, and he's still on his rookie contract next season. So, Look, this guy's not making any money, and yes, I think he wants the big deal, but at the same time, I think he's going to take a pay cut because, look, he knows the potential that this team has, and he's willing to t- he's willing to sacrifice anything to get back to the Super Bowl and get a W. Tyler, what else do you have to say? Um, the only reason I'm going to – I think that's a, um, I think that's a realistic possibility, but the only reason I'm going to disagree with you is because um, honestly, I think $15 million would be a pay cut for George Kittle because I think he's worth around $20 million. With all the things he does, he's the best blocking tight end in the game. He's arguably the best passing tight end in the game. If not, uh, he's a close second to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, don't, I think he's actually worth around $20 million a year. I don't think he's going to get that number just because that's, that's a dramatic jump from Austin Hooper's uh, $11 million. That's almost double. Um, uh, Kittle basically plays three positions, tight end, wide receiver, and offensive line into one guy. Um, so I think he's realistically worth around $20 million, but I think um, what you're saying, I think he might be able to – I think he might want to take a pay cut, but I think the pay cut's going to be around $15 million instead of around $12 million. Look, I'm telling you right now, George Kittle, he's going to be making $13 million in a year next season. This, this is a guy – this is a guy – He's going, he's going into, I think, I believe it's his fourth year in the NFL, fourth year in the NFL, and look, this guy, I'm telling you, he has so much potential, and he, he knows that he can get that big deal. He knows it, but he knows the possibility that, of his team to get back to the Super Bowl and possibly get a win. Look at Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander could arguably be worth that huge deal as a linebacker. He could arguably be worth that. I would say Fred Warner would be uh, would get get a bigger deal than him, but Quan took a pay cut. Quan took a pay cut, and I think Quan's experiencing the NFL, and he there, Quan took a pay cut because of a reason. He knows that his team's good enough to get to, back to the Super Bowl. He wants to take that pay cut so the rest of the team can uh, so they can excel, and George Kittle, he saw that, and he's going to do the same thing, and when contract time comes around, George Kittle's going to be saying, look, I, I think I, I would obviously like that big deal. I mean, who wouldn't? But look, look, 
we can get back to another Super Bowl. So I'm going to take that pick up. I'm going to drop to $13 million. And Tyler, I know, like you said, it's only $2 million more than Austin Hooper's making or, or $1 or $2 million more than Austin Hooper's making. Um, but he's willing to do that. So I, I definitely – he's going to make a pay cut. But, Tyler, I know you say you, – you're telling me that $15 million would be a pay cut. But this is a guy – like I can't stress it enough. They have the, we have the, uh, we have the ability to get back to the Super Bowl next year. Definitely, we definitely have the ability. And if Kittle takes his pay cut, we're able to re-sign some more guys after next offseason. And Kittle knows the situation of the running backs. We don't have after next season. We do not have a running back under contract. And considering how many tenders we signed this season, we signed Kendrick Bourne to a tender. We signed Matt Breida, who we got rid of to the Miami Dolphins, uh, to a tender. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. Look, we signed a lot of tenders. Ben Garland's on a tender next year, so Kittle knows we have to resign guys, and I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna incorporate he's gonna manipulate his contract around knowing how big of a resigning year it is next offseason. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, I think Kittle's a class guy. Um, I think he I think he cares about winning as much as anyone, but realistically, I mean, I'm just saying. My point is that I think. Um, he's still, even if he takes a pay cut, it's still going to be around $15 million for what For all the things he does and um, what he's worth, I think it's going to be around $15 million um, just, because, just because everyone's saying it's probably going to be at least $15 million just because um, he's so much better than Austin Hooper, who's the highest paid tenant in football now. Um, and yeah. Look, like you said it there, I'm gonna use what you just said. You said he's a class guy. He's a class guy. He knows that he's worth that big deal. You know, realistically, like you said, he's worth. I, you know, you're right. I think he's worth 20 million a year, but he's he's willing to take that pay cut because look, if the nine the Niners' biggest goal after losing in the Super Bowl last year was to get the band back together, and we pretty much got the band back together except for DeForest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders. And if you look at Emmanuel Sanders, he was our number one wide receiver um, So once we traded for him. I mean, our receivers in the beginning of the season were absolutely terrible. And once we brought Sanders in, that's it, that, that literally led us to new heights. Like, we were on top of skyscrapers. Look, Emmanuel Sanders played outstanding in that Saints game. He played better than – he played – Way better than George Kittle, but George Kittle got all the attention because he had that crazy good catch and run towards the end on that uh, three-yard out route that Jimmy Garoppolo hooked him up on. So, look, Sanders, we lost him. Okay, now that's that's an issue. That's an issue right there. So that was a lot of money that uh, it would it would have taken a lot of money to get Sanders back, and I think Lynch was not willing to do that because he doesn't because look, Lynch knows that Buckner's Buckner's asking for too much money. Buckner's got to go. Okay, and then you have Emmanuel Sanders and. We let him walk. So now it's kind of looking at, like, well, we have a lot of faith in George. We have a lot of faith faith in Debo, who's a rookie. So, look, Kittle knows that this is a big offseason, and he's going to take that pay cut for sure. Um, Tyler, it may not be a pay cut, which you think you're thinking more $15 million. I'm thinking more uh, – look, I, I'm telling you, Kittle taking the pay cut to $13 million. So, um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, one more thing I'd like to add is I, um, I think – whether or not the Niners win the Super Bowl in this upcoming year is going to play a big factor because if the Niners do win um, the Lombardi Trophy, then my guess is Kittle's like, hey, if we lose one more guy because I take an extra $3 million a year, like, like, hey, we already won a Super Bowl. If we're not as good the next year, if we only have, 
if we if our chance to to win the Super Bowl decreased by five percent, then then that it is what it is. But if we if we don't win the Super Bowl this upcoming year, uh, we're still going to be searching for our first ring. And when Kittle uh, gets to the point where he has to sign that extension, maybe he takes a pay cut to bring other guys back and get our team in the best shape it can to win the Super Bowl um, the following year. Right, and I, you know, I was going to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, you totally said it there. Look, if we win the Super Bowl next year or not, that it, that's a that's a huge factor into what happens. Because look, if we do win the Super Bowl, I think Kittle could take that big deal. If we don't, like you said, I mean, you're saying exactly what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, look, Kittle, he he's I, he's going to take that pay cut because he knows if they if we get back to the Super Bowl, that's two years in a row. And as we know, the Los Angeles Rams are a perfect example. Of this team and the Atlanta Falcons. Jeez, excuse me. Um, look, they're, they're those two teams are perfect examples. Teams, they are expected to regress after they lose the Super Bowl. They're expected to regress, and they are expected probably not to get back for another five years, depending on the team. Look, the the Patriots never regressed. All right, we can all agree on that. Patriots never regressed. The Seahawks never really regressed. Okay, um, and look. Like, you look at the Atlanta Falcons. I cannot believe that they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago. They were in the Super Bowl four years ago, Super Bowl 50. I mean, Super Bowl fi- or three years ago, Super Bowl 51. Okay, so, and they regress. And if the Niners don't regress and we get back for the second year in a row and we lose, I think if Kittle knows that we have that potential, two years in a row we've gotten back after everybody has doubted us, Kittle's going to take that pay cut. If we win, now if we look at the win scenario, I think he still could take a pay cut. I think it's not going to be as big as I'm expecting. Because, look, Tyler, you're expecting more of a 15, and I think that's more appropriate if we do end up winning. I think he's going to take a 15 million, uh, 15 million pay cut. Look, or 15, he's, his contract's going to be worth, he's going to be making 15 million a year, but he's going to take that pay cut from probably 17, 17 18. It's between 17 and 20, which he could realistically get. But, um, look, it depends on if we win the Super Bowl or not. I mean, you said it. Um, if if we if we do win Super Bowl, um, I think I think Kittle takes a little bit more money. If we don't, I think Kittle uh, will. I think Kittle will take that pay cut still. But um, yeah, man. All right. Well, we are going to move into our second topic for discussion today. What does the 49ers defense look like going in to next season? Tyler, let's start it off. What do you got to say? All right. In regard to the defense, uh, I think it will stay stay at least close to the level it was at last year. We only lost to Forrest Buckner, and we replaced him with a beef down low in Javon Kinlaw. Um, look, down on the defensive line, we still have Armstead. We still have Bosa, Kinlaw, and D Ford, uh, with some other rotational guys that can fit in well, too. The linebackers are solid when you have Fred Warner playing like an all-pro and Quan Alexander, who played pretty well when he was healthy last year. Um, and you can't forget about last year's rookie sensation, Dre Greenlaw, who's also the third man behind those two. Um, those three locking down the linebacker core is solid. And then finally, the second door, secondary. Uh, the safeties are fine with Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Park. Um, and the corners are a little shaky, but it's still all right with Sherman locking down the first spot. And then Emmanuel Mosley, who the Niners need to take a big jump um, and become the second guy next year. Uh, his, his development is going to be crucial. And then Kwan, Kwan Williams, who is, an, is who is amazing at the slot corner. He can tackle cover, and blitz the quarterback very well. And maybe even Akella Witherspoon, if he, is, if he ever gets his act together, because we saw what he can do when he is in it mentally. Uh, that stretch before he got injured last season was incredible. 
Right, and you touched on it there, that front that, that front D-line. I'm telling you right now, that front four is mean next season, okay? Um, look, we got Nick Bosa coming off his a stellar rookie season. Already has X-Factor on Madden. Tell me another tell me another rookie that has X-Factor, okay? But seriously, Nick Bosa, stellar rookie season. Super excited to see what the future holds for him. Then you go to Eric Armstead. Led our team in sacks last season, 10 sacks total. Look, he, that guy, he's stepped it up. Look, he, he's, he's been injured. Um, he's fought through some injuries, and he hasn't played a whole lot, but last season he really stepped it up. Then you got the new addition, Javon Kinlaw. Now, this is a guy coming out of South Carolina. Um, look, Debo Samuel coming out of South Carolina. The Niners are starting to move in. Uh, this is like the third time I've said South Carolina in the past sentence. But, look, the Niners are starting to develop a really good relationship with South Carolina, and um, they like their guys. So, Javon Kinlaw, here's the thing about Javon Kinlaw. I've read some reports, and apparently the guy has some bad knees. And, look, you don't want a D-lineman with some bad knees. So, here's the thing. If Kinlaw is able to stay healthy, win, 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 win. And I think he could be another Buckner in two seasons, maybe one to two seasons. I think he could be, he could fill those shoes of DeForest Buckner. Then you got D4. You know, he's a guy from Kansas City. Look, this guy knows what he's doing. He lined up offsides to send his Patriots to the Super Bowl pretty much. But look, other than that, this guy, you know, he's, I'm looking forward to seeing him step it up. Um, look, he battled through some injuries last year, but he's still able to rack up six and a half sacks. Um, so look, D4. I'm looking, to see, I'm looking forward to next season for that guy because I think he's going to take a huge jump, and I think he could get 9 to 10 sacks next season. Um, he's such a threat on the end. Yeah, he didn't do too much in the Super Bowl, but he's a, a super big threat. Then you move into the linebacker core. Tyler, you touched on all this, but I just want to reemphasize how great Fred Warner's play was last season. Look, he, played, he was playing like an all-pro. I mean, Fred Warner, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy is something special, okay? He had a pick six against the Rams, had three sacks, um, 89 solo tackles, uh, 29 assistant tackles, and seven tackles for loss. Okay, this guy he knows how to play the position. Then you have the second hot boy. Okay, you got uh, look, you got the second hot boy, Quan Alexander. Jesus, space on his name there. Um, look, this guy played great in the beginning of the season before he tore his pec. He was he was playing insane. He was playing better than Warner did at his peak this season. So. Look, when Quan is healthy again, I'm telling you, this linebacker core is going to be so good. Then you have the rookie. Once again, Dre Greenlaw, South Carolina. This is the third this is this is the third South Carolina guy we have on our team. He stepped it up big. And where he stepped it up, week 17, Seattle, end of the game, made an amazing stop on the goal line to save pretty probably might have saved our season. Look, that's how we got the first round by. And, you know, we were able to have two home games and send us to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm looking forward to him. Look, Dre Greenlaw, last season, uh, 64 solo tackles, 28 assist tackles, and three tackles for a loss and one sack. Okay, this guy this guy knows how to play the position, and he's only a rookie. you got to remember, he's only a rookie. He's up and coming. All right, then we move into the secondary. All right, we got Richard Sherman, who, all as we know, great corner. Look, teams, he's old. He's old, okay, but teams do not throw to him. So if we lock up that, that, that right, or I think he, play, he plays on the right side, so if we lock up Sherman on that right side, then we got the left side to worry about. So, look, then we got Emmanuel Mosley coming in. All right, this guy stepped up his play. When Akella Witherspoon got benched in the, during the season, he was outstanding. We benched him in Week 17 against Seattle, 
Russell Wilson, near the goal line, throws a dime. Emmanuel Mosley dives across the receiver's body, tips it, incomplete, and we live to fight another day. This guy, if he steps up his play, he's going to be amazing. And when Akello Witherspoon sucks again in the beginning of the season, I want him off the team. Let's just put it that way. Then you have Kwan Williams. Okay, Tyler, you just talked about him. Look, this guy led the NFL in, with cornerback force fumbles last season. This this guy knows how to play. This guy knows how to play corner, and his speed also is something to uh, admire. Look, it's not top notch corner speed like Jalen Ramsey, but look, it's it's up there. Last season, look, last season, Kwan Williams had 35 solo tackles, 16 assisted tackles, and two tackles for a loss. Okay, and one sack. So, look, he's going to be amazing next season. I am super excited to see what he can do. Um, and Tyler, I know I've been talking for a while, but look. Then we move in the safeties. Jimmy Ward signed a three-year extension. Um, as long, I, I want to put some like body armor on Jimmy Ward to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Because when he's not hurt, he's playing amazing. He laid a massive hit on Patrick Mahomes in that first quarter when Mahomes was scrambling for the goal line. He came down and lit him up. Okay. Then we have Jaquaski Tart. Jaquaski Tart was injured for a few years. Not for a few years. Jeez. He was injured for a few games this season. Marcel Harris filled in for him in that Saints game. Cost us two touchdowns. Could not learn how to tackle. But then when Jaquaski's car team came came back in, everything was fixed at that safety position. So that's what I'm looking at. Tyler, any, what else do you have to add? Um, one other thing I'd like to point out is that I think at some point in his career, I've heard other, other analysts say it, um, we should move Richard Sherman to safety. I think his amazing tackling skills and all-pro-level ball skills playing wide receiver in college uh, can help him become a pro-ball safety once he's too slow to keep playing corner. Yeah, no, he, he hits like a linebacker. He hits like a linebacker. For sure. And um, one final thing I'd like to touch on is that a lot of people are saying that the Niners defense is going to decline because it's just so hard to maintain a top defense in the NFL for multiple years. Look at teams like the Bears and the Broncos who went from top-tier defenses and a year or two later are middle of the pack. But one thing I will point out is the number of injuries the Niners suffered last year on the defensive side of the ball. D. Ford missed eight games. Quan Alexander missed eight games. Jimmy Ward missed four games. Richard Sherman missed two games. Jaquaski Tart missed four games. Akella Witherspoon missed eight games. And uh, Mosley and K1 Williams also each missed one game. Um, so my point is that the Niners weren't very lucky, lucky with injuries last year, especially on the defensive side. Of the ball, so I'm not very sure that the defense will regress like some people say it will. I agree with you. Look, in 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 the amount of injuries that the 49ers sustained on the defensive side of the ball last season is amazing. Well, it's not it's not good, obviously, but it's ridiculous how many injuries we had. We were super super unlucky. Look, we had some extremely consistent guys. So DeForest Buckner didn't miss a game. Eric Armstead didn't miss a game. Nick Bosa didn't miss a game. Shockingly, because look, Bosa. Out of college, he cut his he cut his final season at Ohio State because he got injured and just prepared for the NFL draft. Um, but look, I'm surprised Bosa didn't get hurt. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, that he's not that he's not going to be hurt next season. Um, but I, look, you you know you said it there. I mean, um, look, we got super unlucky with with injuries, and you know we could if we, we I think we can bounce back next season. Look, some of the guys look the guys that we had last season that were sort of okay, they they were all healthy. So we had those okay guys going when when our main guys were out. So when Sherman was out, when Kittle was out last season, we had guys filling in there, and we knew what to do. So, um, I mean, next season, honestly, I see the 49ers. Look, I, it's tough because 
you know, the defense can regress. It's definitely a possibility. But um, I think the 49ers this season or last season, we got we racked up um, 48 sacks. Okay, so I think the Niners are going to touch. 38 sacks next season. You just have to remember, on uh, 38, that's that's a little low. I'd say we touch 42 sacks next season. I think we only lose six sacks. Uh, but look, 42 sacks next season, I think that's what the 49ers reach. You still have to remember, Javon Kinlaw, I know he's a rookie. and hasn't proved anything, but I have a lot of faith in the guy. As long as he stays healthy, um, the 49ers could really be something. And the, the fact that we, only ha- that we only had 48 sacks last season and D Ford missed eight games, look, if we had D Ford for those games, I guarantee you we could have gotten above 50 sacks. Um, so you know, I mean, and we had DJ Jones out. DJ Jones was out, so we could have definitely t- gone above 50 sacks last season. Um, but I see the 49ers, you know, racking up 42 sacks next season. Tyler, how about you? Whoa, 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 how many sacks would you say? Yeah, I mean it's hard to predict because we don't know how good Javon Kinlaw is going to be. Um, if he, I think there's a chance he's already as good as Buckner. I mean, maybe not as good, but almost as good. And if he's there, I think the Niners get back to 48 sacks, maybe. Uh, but if he's not there, it could be anywhere from 38, 42, any, any of that number. But I think, it, I think it, uh, it should stay at a relatively high number. And I think the biggest weakness, at least for uh, one of, or one of the biggest, biggest questions, at least for this year, is the safety positions. Because um, if you look at Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart, when they were healthy, uh, 2019, they were amazing, but 2018, both of those guys were pretty bad. The Niners had one of the worst secondaries in the league that uh, included the safety position as being a major X factor in us losing 12 games. But um, So I think there's still a little bit of a question of whether those guys can keep uh, playing at the level uh, that they did in 2019, but if they can, then this Niners defense is going to stay close to or even better maybe, than they were last year. Do you think they'll get better with losing to Forrest Buckner? Look, I think it's a possibility that we get better, but um, it's going to take a lot of guys stepping up. Look, if Akella Witherspoon gets a chance to get back on the field, that dude is going to have to step it up because last season what I saw, he sucked. He had one pick in the first week against Jameis Winston who ended up throwing, what was it, 30 picks last season? So, look, if Akella Witherspoon steps it up, which he needs to do, um, we're good, and I want to touch on on Spoon one more time. Uh, when in the Minnesota Vikings game, NFC Divisional Round, first game off our first round by, look, Spoon opening drive lets up a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Okay, seven points. Then we bench Spoon right after that drive. Spoon doesn't get it back on the field. What happens after that? The Vikings only score three points. So that just shows how weak Spoon is at the cornerback position. So if we get Spoon out of there and we replace him with a Mosley, and Mosley steps up like he did last season when Spoon got benched again, um, that's going to be great. And Spoon, when he when a guy gets hurt, because I guarantee one of our corners is going to get hurt for some period of time next year, because it's just, it just football. I mean, it just happens. I mean, you can't control it. It's too bad. Um, but when he fills in there, he's going to have to step it up, or we're going to have some real issues. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm 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 – I'm, I'm hopeful for next season because, you know, I think the Niners, they can really string things together. Like you said, Tyler, could it possibly get better or stay the same. And staying the same, that's that's just fine with me. I mean, last season we destroyed pretty much everybody except for the New Orleans Saints um, and the Atlanta Falcons. Look, um, promising. Looks promising going into next season. Um, we got some good rookies coming in. I'm excited. All right, well, that's going to do it. For this episode of Niners Takeover, I'm your host, Jace Kater, alongside our NFL analyst, Tyler Frick. We are going to see you in the next episode.